Expounded Universe, Season 8, Episode 11. There are four claws. The book, Star Trek The Next Generation and X-Men, Planet X. The author, I don't know, Michael Jan Friedman or something, I forget. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. With your host, Jeff and John, let's go. A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Trek and X-Men novel discussion podcast discussing the only Star Trek and X-Men novel I know of. Yeah, that you know of. There could be more. I'm not saying there aren't more. Yeah, there uh, could. There's a comic book, I know that, and then I think there might be some... I'm sure there's definitely some unofficial stuff somewhere. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm guessing there's lots of that now Now that I think about it. Uh, so th- this time, we're still working our way through Star Trek The Next Generation X-Men Planet X, and I am Jeff, and that is John. And Indeed, in it, case you skipped the intro for some reason. I didn't say our, all of that. I, I, well, that's right. I do say my, our names in this intro. Yeah, that's oh, right. It's all coming apart for me, John. Yeah. There's too many shows. <laughs> Can't keep anything straight anymore. <laughs> Hey, you never know. Someone might be displeased with those intros and just skip the fuck ahead. I don't know. I don't know. It's possible. In which case, maybe I should re- read the whole thing over again now. Maybe. Just, maybe just you to bother. Just keep doing it over and over because <laughs> maybe they skip the second one too. And if there's one thing I want to do, it's stick it to this fictional person we just made up. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, guy. I made up. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> Actually, that just makes me sound like every internet arguer ever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Here's a guy that doesn't exist, and I just made him up, and he fucking sucks, and that's why I'm right. <laughs> uh, everyone, can uh, we all agree that this guy sucks, this, though? This made-up guy completely sucks, and that's why the First Amendment. <laughs> so, uh, what we did, read this was 30 and 30 through 32? Yep. Yeah. And uh, when we last left our heroes, I believe Storm had just like, comically clowned on Rehatan, the, the Earth-moving transformed of the planet Jaldea. Yep. So we had, basically we did business with all of our away teams, Mm -hmm. and we had uh, Picard going down trying to stop the missile with Archangel, and Archangel had just jumped off the... the shuttle yeah so we knew that data had been had managed to find himself amongst the transformed where he was helping them to uh you know find help basically oh yeah where he had convinced them that he is just like them yes because he's a robo man and troy and colossus were running around the streets and troy was learning a lot about how hard it is to be colossus uh because he's even though he's got such a thick hard skin words get in there oh they get in and they hurt they hurt that man yeah. Actually, now I'm, I'm, I've got this big question because there's a part. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I have a new question about Colossus that I feel like needs to be addressed today. All right. Okay. Uh, but meanwhile, we start right back with Picard and Archangel. Indeed. That's a, I think that's the official pronunciation of his name. Oh, yes. Archangel. Archangel. Everyone, everyone knows you lean on the second day. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Picard. He is drenched. In sweat. Yeah. He's so wet right now. Yeah, you can see his hard nips right through that jumpsuit. <laughs> uh, he's trying to keep his shit on course. Uh-huh. Because uh, he's got his tractor beam on the missile that's headed towards Verdine. Yeah, but he can't pull the tractor beam too hard or else it'll blow up the missile and that'll just kill everybody anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Archangel's out there. Uh, trying to defuse the missile, but Picard, we start with Picard, who's just sitting in there, sweating and looking at that Archangel fly, mm. just watching him go. Look at them glutes every time he flaps his wings. Oh my. <laughs> uh, the, the weird thing for me is, we've gotten now to the point where they are in the sky over Verdine because they're going through clouds. Yes, yeah, they're in atmosphere, or else Archangel couldn't have gotten out. Yeah. I don't think they ever mention whether or not Archangel just, Archangel just breathes in space in this. But which I'm guessing he probably just can. Eh. <laughs> I mean, probably I, not I, this version. I guarantee you, if he tried, it would just be like, oh yeah, and his nanomites or whatever the 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 yeah his apocalypse, his apocalypse tech that's still in his bloodstream forms a breathing tube. <laughs> That goes back to Earth or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All the way back. Just a long snorkel. Mouth to anus. Just straight on down. 
No, that's weird. What's what are you you're discussing some sort of extrava- <laughs> extravagant rusty trombone situation. <laughs> no, what I'm a saying rusty is, venture, if you will. There's one tube that goes from mouth to anus and anus all the way down to the earth. And then he's getting air sucked up his butt into his lungs. Oh, okay, okay. So you're saying it's a mouth down on earth and then his butt. So someone down on Earth has their mouth in a tube that goes to no, Archangel's butt. I'm saying butt. his mouth uh-huh. has one tube that goes from his mouth through his body to his butt. Oh, so you're just describing our digestive tract? Yes, and oh. I'm saying he's breathing through that. Okay, you're saying he's breathing through his butt, and his butt connects to Earth's atmosphere. Yes. Okay, because that's one of Archangel's special mutant powers, is that because he can teleport, but just his butt. Like, he can send his butt where it needs to oh, be. Oh, no, it's just a very long prolapsed anus. Well, now that's just gross. Yes, it Everything is. I've said up till now has not been gross. Everything else, very fine, family-friendly. But mm-hmm. now, yeah. now that you've said the word prolapsed, <laughs> we're done. We're getting taken off air. Picard's sweaty nipples are pretty prolapsed, too, as far as I understand it. Uh, <laughs> they are prolapsed. <laughs> sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, so Archangel is trying to deal with low visibility and wind and nonsense as he's attempting to fly over that missile yeah he eventually does manage to through the hurricane force winds at the crazy high speed he's flying a light on the ring of missiles and this missile i don't think it's missile shaped i think it's like it's shaped a like ball a, it's like a baby's teething toy it's like a ring of balls <laughs> it is a ring of balls mm-hmm. yeah i i feel like that needs no further clarification uh-huh. uh and well he alights on the ring of balls <laughs> uh, where and then he pulls out a phaser to start doing something, but we're watching this from Picard's perspective. So Picard's like, "Ah, he has begun the first delicate procedure. He has to phaser open a little access patch uh, hatch on these missile balls, uh, and and then he can then he can begin the delicate work of diffusing the bomb." But oh, he's got to be so delicate because this delicate work, if not done delicately, mm-hmm. will explode this missile and kill everyone. It's true; these balls are extraordinarily sensitive. <laughs> One wrong move on these balls, and they'll blow. <laughs> uh, so he lightly tickles his way through the access hatch with a phaser, uh, and and then Picard reveals the next delicate phase of the operation, which, as it turns out, is that there's a bunch of identical buttons in there, and he has to press. One of them. But which? I I don't know if they're actually identical or if there's just a bunch of different buttons in there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, there's a bunch of buttons on this panel, and if you press the wrong one, then it blows up. It, it's specifically studs, which was interesting to me. I thought it was going to be, you know, the flat panel technology where everyone just paused TVs. Yeah. That seems common in the TNG era. But no, this is like raised metal elevator buttons, and you've got to press the right one. But it, it kind of cheapens the whole this is a delicate operation it's just him looking at a row of buttons like that meme of that sweaty superhero (laughs) well (laughs) at this point it's basically either he knows which button it is so it doesn't matter he just goes like oh it's that pink one boop yeah okay or he doesn't and he's just looking at like 10 buttons going all right well you know 10 percent chance i'll do it ah yes the most delicate of all operations guessing ah <laughs> uh, yes random chance truly the gentleman's sport oh <laughs> uh, right after coits and parisi squares ah <laughs> uh, the mutant continued to probe its delicate inner workings he worked slowly cautiously his face a window on his frustration trying to find that spot that one spot that one special spot The G-spot, if you will. The G-spot of the balls. (laughs) Yep. Some have said it's a myth. (laughs) I have seen the G-spot of the balls. (laughs) I truly believe it's a myth, much like the male orgasm. Indeed. It's something that doctors have theorized could potentially exist, but I don't think it's actually been documented. God knows I've never seen it. (laughs) Uh, I do just, I love that the entire description of archangel working his way delicately gently through Mm -hmm. the inner workings of this is like why is archangel fingering this bomb oh well you know the bomb wants to blow up and he wants to help he's helping yeah but eventually of course he pushes the one button that's the not blow the bomb up button and now it's time for him to fly back towards the shuttle yep lands 
pretty much just on the viewport and grabs hold of that and is like, thumbs up. Yeah, sort of. He lands on the viewport, is like, hey, guy, I made it. Good job. And then he gets picked up by the wind and whipped off the shuttle and flung off into the distance. Yeah, he just sort of, like, his head lolls to the side. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, he's been fighting so hard to get onto that bomb and press a button that he has lost all ability to do stuff. Yeah, it's almost like that bomb got its thighs around his head so good that he's just lost the ability to keep his head up straight. Uh, and so he goes flying off into the distance, and Picard's like, oh no, finally a chance for yet another delicate operation. The math problem of teleporting him onto the ship with our easy teleporter thing. <laughs> teleporter, adjust. <laughs> Thanks. Get him. Computer, get me that handsome man <laughs> with an ass like two concrete biscuits. <laughs> And indeed he does. So we get uh, Picard also autopiloting his uh, way with the tractor beam. He's like, oh, now that it's disarmed, I can just go slam this missile into a mountain somewhere and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's kind of weird to me that he thinks his first thought is, well, just, you know, throw this thing at one of the local mountains on this planet because they probably don't care about their mountains or anything. Well, I mean, probably. And also it's a huge missile. That's uh, that's a big problem. I mean. Because if you think about it, they're like, oh, yeah, even if it blows up way up here in orbit, it will turn. It says this verbatim, Verdeen will become a ghost city. A city of ghosts. A city of ghosts. (laughs) As opposed to the regular ghosts that are already there. It'll murder those ghosts. (laughs) Kill those ghosts. (laughs) And then turn regular people into ghosts. (laughs) The ghost bomb. We can't accelerate the process of ghostification. It'll throw the the property values out of whack. Uh, I mean... When they first said that he was going to throw this bomb into the mountain, I really initially thought he was going to hit one of those, like, standing stone sacred sites. Yeah. Just put it into space. You're from space. That should be your first thought. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, especially because this is the end of this chapter, and the next chapter starts with him back on the bridge. You're Mm -hmm. like, you were going right back. (laughs) You could have just dragged it back with you. Or shit, just drag it back and fling it at the... (laughs) I know, Rock. The first thought, I was it's a huge, super destructive nuclear mega bomb. Throw it at the Conorot. <laughs> but then again, that would be killing an opponent who could potentially be bargained with still. Oh, well, they'd also have to rearm the missile at that point, I guess. Oh, whatever. Just put a fucking helmet on Archangel and send him back out there to press the same <laughs> button again. Now get out there and delicately finger that bomb. <laughs> oh, twice in a day. Ugh. <laughs> So needy. This had better be that bomb's birthday. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we just get a little bit of business at the end with Archangel being like, oh, Captain, you know, you had your chance to be rid of me there. <laughs> and Picard's like, I'll have to mentally file him under the people I admire instead of my the, the place I had him earlier, the people I don't admire. <laughs> people that are douchewads. <laughs> Uh, so it turns out that now they have a grudging respect for each other. Hooray. Ho- hooray. And yeah, Picard's up back on the bridge for the next chapter. Yeah, he's up there. It's been one week. A while. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than half an hour since he took off. So he basically spent like a good 20 minutes just flying down to the surface, slamming a missile into a mountain, and then coming right back. Yep, yep, he's barely left the ship at all. Which is fine, because he left it in command of a dude who's like a nobody. By the time he was gone, he was like, uh, I don't know, Lieutenant Rager, the ship is yours. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at that point, you're just basically like, I don't know, who the fuck is here? Computer, you're running the ship now. None of these guys are in my admire pile. <laughs> Computer, <laughs> make a hologram of me. Have it run the ship. <laughs> Five uh, percent more douchewad, though. I don't want people mutineering me for this new guy. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we've got no more business on the surface. I found out. With no, this sir. Chapter. We're done with the surface. Like it didn't seem like they had wrapped everything on up. This seems like they created a lot of stuff that they're not going to use in this book. Like, the book threw out a lot of hooks. It's almost like this was the beginning of an RPG campaign where they were like, oh, and there's a there's a bounty board on the wall that mentions the follow. Oh, in the hills, there's an orc tribe. And someone has mentioned a hooked horror prowling through the graveyards at night. And everyone's like, I don't know, orc tribe. Because you got all this stuff in this book. There was that 
that um, mean sp- or that that good-hearted but in a bad position dude who was running the the transform prison in the beginning. Yep. Oh, son, I want to say his name was. It felt like he was going to go somewhere. No, never mentioned again. You've got that insane one of the transformed, the yep. one who was completely out of his mind. And you they got were like, the the fire frog guy. Yeah, the one who was basically like the Hannibal Lecter of the transformed. That guy was gonna do something. The the issue I have is the only resolution we really got was storm clowning Rahatan. Yeah, because everything else was like, oh, data convinces the transformed that he's going to help them out mm-hmm. and then we don't find out what they do no I, I guess they just shelter in place for a while until the cruiser ray load them onto ships or until the dracon threat is gone and we don't get anything we're like oh yeah we get the the sovar brothers going out and fighting together they just talk to each other and came to an agreement yeah they had a very short conversation that we ended in the middle of with the idea that we were going to come back to it yeah, and everything we just on the surface don't. just ends because, like, the second paragraph on this is, anyway, all three shuttles are coming back now. It's like a TV show that ran out of money. <laughs> They're like, oh, man, we spent all of our budget last episode on all these special effects for superpowers. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we're done. We'll just do one person's ending and pretend that the rest of it was all kind of a dream or something. <laughs> it was but all a dream. It's basically like the ending of Lost. <laughs> they were just like, I don't know, we'll do Jack's ending. Done. Eh. Fine. Look what's going on with all that shit with the uh, with the polar bear. Dad, 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 dad. Jack meets everybody in a church hall, and they all smile at each other. The end. Done. <laughs> what did that one dude? Uh, did Clancy Brown and his boyfriend find love? Ah, dad, dad, who What was the point of Mister Echo? I said, ab, dad, dad, bad, bad, dad. Wow, you sound exactly like Sage. <laughs> well, she is my kid. She's going to pick up some things for me. It's true, and I'm going to pick up some things from her. Like poop. Like poop. That she just leaves it, just scatters poop. Actually, not poop ever, but uh, she did find a junior mint somehow today. Huh. I, I assume my girlfriend had junior mints. I've, I never have junior mints. No. Uh, I, mean, I have I, senior mints. I, <laughs> I appreciate junior mints. I just never purchased them for home consumption. I appreciate junior mints, mm-hmm. but I would never text them like Drake does. <laughs> junior mints, you up? <laughs> uh, New look and packaging. Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> the uh shuttles are coming back to the enterprise we got the three shuttles with uh riker's shuttle wharf shuttle and troy shuttle yeah the voltaire the pike and the onizuka onizuka and at this point the enterprise has semi come back online they've got their shields sort of uh LaForge is like, we're probably going to have forward phasers soon. Yeah, no, we don't have phasers right now, Captain. And by the way, you forgot to put me in this book. Maybe he was the one who got left in charge. What, LaForge? Yeah, because I mean, he basically just talked to Nightcrawler and that was it. That's true. I mean, but the thing is, by the time we put everyone on the ship, or the uh, on the planet's surface, I think, and then when Picard leaves, I think LaForge might be the highest ranking remaining officer. Or at least the most well-known. Except for Crusher. So probably Crusher in that situation. Yeah, but Crusher's too busy talking to Xavier on the holodeck. <laughs> I keep forgetting that that happens. It's another thing that feels like it should have gone somewhere. Yeah, there should have been more. Yeah, I mean, it does go somewhere. It's I mean, gonna we are going to get a little bit more of Xavier in this, oh but my still. God. Yeah, let's get, let's get to it, because that part's great. Uh, all right. Shuttles are coming back, and we get a little bit of business where Picard's like, all right, let me talk to the Onizuka. Hey, uh, hey, Will, what's going on? Riker's yeah. just like, uh, it's it's fine. We won. Uh, <laughs> we resolved everything off screen. No further questions, Captain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, all, all things are taken care of. All the Dracon are in custody or dead now. Uh, and it's good. We're all good here. This is amazing to me because normally we have, a, we have a, a theme when we read the Star Wars books, which is an interesting setup and then 30 chapters of nothing fucking happening and then an interesting climax. But this book is like, ah, we'll just skip the climax. It's it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I mean, we had at least a couple chapters where it was like, let's have some X-Men and... I did not know that that was going to be the climax. That was basically it. Yeah. Like, the Rahatan storm fight is pretty much the end. Mm-hmm. And now it's all just wrap-up. Although we do have a little action here. Mm-hmm. Because in the middle of the conversation with Riker... Oh no, a blast hits the Onizuka, mm-hmm. and it seems that the Conhorokt 
itself has come back online. Yeah, there's a bit. some repairs to the Conorot and like a massive predator stalking them. It rises up behind them, I guess, from like some space clouds or something, because otherwise they should have seen this immediately. Well, yeah. The I moment was like, it was moving, they should have been like, hey, guys, the Conorot is moving. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it even says, oh, uh, Picard goes, uh,. That's weird that they powered up their weapons and we didn't know it. I'm like, yeah, it is weird. It's, it's also weird you didn't realize that they were turning and they had propulsion back. <laughs> yeah, that was the number one thing keeping you idiots safe was that they didn't have propulsion. The moment they fired off a thruster, someone on the ship should have been like, hey, Captain, the big scary ship is moving. Yeah. And he's like, ah, no, no, don't bother me at this time. I'm going to talk to my friend Will. He's on my list. I'm going to talk to him about the butt of an archangel I recently saw. <laughs> Excuse me, you're not on my list of people that I appreciate. <laughs> in which case, you go in the douchewad column. Now, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, the Onizuka has somehow, or Onizuka, yeah, that's right, has somehow been snuck up on by the Conorocked. Yeah, so it gets blasted and... Uh, they lose the feed, everything goes to static, and then they get their, like, normal viewport view. Mm -hmm. Normal view. And, uh, at that point, Picard's like, well, balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot. Uh, and, and he's like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Give me the other ones. Give me the other ones. Uh, you, Rager, fly, fly so that the Enterprise is between us, or and we're the Enterprise, between the Onizuka. Yeah, between us. What? <laughs> Captain, are you okay? No, I'm still <laughs> thinking about butts. <laughs> Uh, no, he he has his ship parked between the Onizuka and the Conorocked for to act as a, a big old shield for it. But this can only protect one ship at a time, and the Conorocked knows that, so it immediately starts firing at both the Enterprise and the Pike. Yeah, and oh no, the Pike is where Worf and Troy and Wolverine and no, no Worf, Worf, Worf's on the Voltaire, Worf's on the Voltaire. It's where uh, Troy and Wolverine and Colossus are. Yeah. Now, the hit that the Enterprise takes in protecting the Onizuka knocks out its transporters very conveniently. What a convenience. Luckily, and also right during the middle of this fight, he was like, fire at the Conorocked. Sir, the phasers are offline. <sighs> Beam everyone off the ships. Sir, the transporters are offline. <sighs> okay, put us between them. Okay, we can do that. Also, the phasers are online. All right, we'll fire then. <laughs> Great, doesn't matter, though. They have those powerful rotating super shields. Well, no. I mean, at this point, their shields are barely back online. Ah, yeah. So mm. they can still do something. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we cut to aboard the Pike, which has just taken a horrible hit from a one of the disruptor blasts of the Conorocked. Uh, Troy has been knocked to the ground, and one of the ensigns on board the ship is like, Hey, are you okay? And she is, because Colossus is... Pretty much just standing between her and Sparks. The, the death consoles that they put <laughs> in every ship. Colossus is like, please tell me, why do you load so much nuclear fission material into each of these computers? This is dumb point. <laughs> you have fireworks in all consoles. Why? <laughs> On my Earth, we do not put explosive material in interface of ship. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it's like if car steering wheel had grenade. <laughs> you have no good car ideas. <laughs> a grenade to blow the, the steering wheel out of the car. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, Colossus is just sort of getting sparked on by death consoles mm -hmm. and holding up Troy, who got all knocked around. Mm-hmm. And at this point, this is when the, the, the crew member on the ship is like, oh, my God, Counselor, are you okay? And Wolverine responds, and he's like, yeah, she's fine, bub. I'm the one who speaks for ladies. <laughs> Don't you worry about Troy, bub. <laughs> anyway, what are you going to do about that other ship? I, I want to get out of here, he says, before those <laughs> bozos lambast us again. Oh, God. Too much Wolverine dialogue. PG Wolverine dialogue is my favorite thing ever. Lambast? Those bozos lambast us again. <laughs> I mean, I can accept bozos, because it's very rare that Wolverine gets to cut loose and be like, before those fuckers shoot us again. <laughs> but, uh, but lambast is to receive a verbal excoriation, yeah. uh, which, which <laughs> it makes it a very weird choice of terms. Yeah. You should have said excoriate. <laughs> 
Uh, before those bozos exfoliate us again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hang on. My, my, I kind of forget how smart I am. <laughs> before those ne'er-do-well jackanapes exoriate us again <laughs> with peals of laughter. Ah, there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the... Uh, the guy who was asking if she was all right is like, yeah, that would be great. I would love to get us out of here, but everything's offline. Our propulsion's offline. Like, our weapons are off. We got nothing. We got dick. Except for, apparently, the transporters. <laughs> yep. Because Troy, who is fine, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I sure hope Troy's okay, thinks Riker. <laughs> I wonder how Troy's doing, thinks Riker on the Onizuka. <laughs> But she's like, I have an idea, and then she goes to the back of the ship because there's another death console back there. There always is on these uh, these shuttles. Yeah, it's a the transporter console mm-hmm. has been blackened, but apparently still works. But when she goes to try and touch it, it's ridiculously hot. Yeah, because it's been pan blackened, and she really should come back after five minutes, giving it a chance to cool. Also, that'll help lock the juices back into the meat. Yeah, once yeah. you've seared it, uh huh, you gotta <laughs> let it sit. Yeah, blackening just means covering it with a range of Cajun-style spices, and frankly, I'm really excited about that. But you really gotta wait and let the juices absorb back into the the uh, the meat here. Let them juices. Yeah, it. but it, but they don't have time for that. <laughs> they don't. They have to eat this gumbo now, <laughs> or uh, else the Conorock will get them. <laughs> That's the challenge. So this brings up a question I have that I, I hope that you might be able to answer for me, John. Go right ahead. Because what she does is she goes like, "Oh, the console's too hot to touch," which is crazy because the console's not made of like metal uh but, but i mean she, you can have hot glass uh, yeah i guess it's shards of hot glass but her thought is colossus get over here and help me and let me ask you a question john this isn't necessarily connected to star trek consoles because I, I obviously that's technology i don't understand do you think colossus can use his phone when he's in metal form uh i mean if it's a a modern day haptic interface not haptic, well sort of haptic interface a, a touchscreen phone i would assume not is my my uh, my initial thought because you'd have to have some way for it to like know that you're hitting it? Yeah. Well, you know, like normally cell phones can uh, they work because of a small electrical charge that's present in your fingers, the bioelectric energy from you or something. I'm not 100 percent sure about how I cell don't phones really work. know how cell phones but work. One thing I do know panels and Star Trek. One, one of the things I do know is that you can't poke them with like a metal stick and expect them to work. No, like if I take any just sort of non-organic or even like a stick and go like i poke my screen and tried to touch this app that's not going to do anything yeah so i'm very curious as to whether or not he can he can utilize iphones and also uh you know star trek consoles well we don't know that the consoles use the same interface presumably they use something else entirely yeah, I, I mean, certainly they were invented before the touchscreen cell phone of today because they're from the eighties, the, the, the late eighties. I mean, it's probably just pressure sensitive. I would assume mm-hmm. that, or the computer just feels like, oh, you're you're going for this. I interpret what you're doing. Oh, it's yeah. not like it. You have to actually hit. It's the actually screen. Read, it's it's reading the air in front of it, basically. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, the hollow keyboards mm-hmm. where when you type onto the keys, it's not like you're actually hitting something it's just going like oh you're in this area yeah that could very well be although hopefully he doesn't actually have to poke the console because he's one of those dudes who doesn't know his own strength and whatever if he just walks over to it and is like die i will help you crunch there we go i've broken it <laughs> that's what you wanted right <laughs> now if you'll excuse me i am almost certainly going to survive this but not you <laughs> oh shit space <laughs> oh no i will fall to to the jolly again <laughs> And Wolverine, of course, will survive because death won't stop his regeneration powers. Yeah, they'll, you know, put him on some other ship, and then they'll be like, oh, he died. And then he'll go, not quite, bub. Yeah. <laughs> Bozo. <laughs> you, you, you dingus. You poop face. <laughs> you fart butt. <laughs> you dill hole. <laughs> oh, that's way too much for Wolverine. That's not PG Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish Wolverine had entire vocabulary was pulled out of Beavis and Butthead episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're completely lame, Bob. Nachos. (laughs) Nachos. Frog baseball, Bob. (laughs) If that was what he did instead of the fastball special, that'd be great. (laughs) All right, Colossus. It's frog baseball time. Now throw Toad at my claws. (laughs) Uh, uh, well, anyway, this is we cut back to the Enterprise bridge for a second here. Yeah, and Picard's like, all right, we're going to fire again on the Conoroct, 
and I can only protect, as we mentioned before, one ship, and hopefully I can blast them before they get the uh, pike again. Mm -hmm. But even as he's giving the order to fire, a green blast goes out and hits the pike and blows that mother up. Yep. So he's like, oh, no, I have lost Troy, along with Wolverine, who I still consider a jerkwad. <laughs> Troy? Dead? It's more likely than you think. It's weird, because he's like, oh, no, my officer, my very important officer with the low-cut outfits and everything. Also, like, five other guys. I know. The whole thing. <laughs> he spends, like, three paragraphs being like, Troy. Troy's been with me since I took command of the Enterprise-D. Troy, so important to me, a friend, an ally. And now, gone? Oh, <laughs> also, I guess Colossus and Wolverine were on there. They were pretty okay. And like five of my security oh, wait a officers. Minute. And then five other guys. <laughs> but Troy, though, she's now no more than, a, than a, a, an echo on my voice. A memory. Perhaps some wind in the breeze. Daring to dream. <laughs> and, and I guess, you know... Five dudes. Also, eh. also five of my other officers. Eh. But you know, they're wearing yellow, so I really consider them more Worf's officers. <laughs> they're not really my Well, they're officers. not even Worf's, because Worf's moved on. They're, well, they're not bridge crews, so they don't really they're, matter. They're Sovar's officers. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit about that guy? Total douchewad category, am I right? <laughs> He's not in my admiration column. <laughs> uh, so, as a sadsman, he sits in sads, and then... Lieutenant Yowell. <laughs> Yowell. Uh, this is the first time we're seeing this name. And he's over where Data would normally be up front. Mm -hmm. And he's like, sir, I got some transporter activity before the ship blew up, but they're not here on the Enterprise. They're like, oh, what? Uh, they must have uh, very obviously teleport it down to the surface where it would be easy to do that or, then. or maybe they teleported over to the voltaire which was not under fire for some reason yeah nope they teleported over to the conoract <laughs> now there was a brief point during the uh thing where we were talking about the uh troy and whatnot where she had noticed that the shields on the Conhoroct mm. were doing that flickering. They were flickering a little bit. So she has managed to time a transport for everyone on board the uh, the p pike such that they will land in the split second between uh, sh shield flickers on the bridge of the Conhoroct, where presumably Colossus and Wolverine will just go to fuck shit uptown. <laughs> yeah, they'll turn the Conhoroct around and go to fuck up shit down. <laughs> Oh, fuck up shit town. It's a completely different town than fuck shit uptown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're nearby. Well, yeah, they're on the opposite sides of the tracks. Yeah. As, I mean, as one of them's on the good side of the tracks. They are sister cities after yeah. all. And then it's just one's the ugly stepsister. <laughs> one of them's on the wrong side of the tracks. And I, I don't know which one's which, but John does. <laughs> it's true. I do. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on. So... They uh, skip over to High Implementer I Sad Joe, who's real mad. His gill flaps are flapping around all nasty now. Ooh, he's got them flap gills. He's a big fat dude with a bunch of flappity gill flaps. I'm starting to picture him as uh, Ozzy from Chrono Trigger. I don't know that I, that's kind of an old reference, so I don't know if it's useful for anybody else. But eh, I mean, that's what I I'm seeing: a big fat goblin man with weird crap on the side of his face. <laughs> uh, and he is—he's just grumped up because he's like, well. I blew up a uh, shuttle. That's, you know, small consolation for the crap that Picard just did. But by God, at least I'm getting something out of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to blow up these dudes because I'm pissed. Uh, well, then all of a sudden he hears a noise and he turns around and his, his bridge oh, is implementer. All... <laughs> Ugh, what? Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, my. This is a sight I never imagined, even in my wildest lodge visions. Okay, cool. I'm, they're doing a great job of setting up that these aliens are creepy aliens with these one-off things that don't make any sense. Yeah. His bridge is now peppered with Enterprise intruders mm -hmm. and a big metal guy. <laughs> Weird that he would start with that first one. Oh, a bunch of regular dudes who were easily killed in jumpsuits and a giant metal man. <laughs> uh, and also some sort of feral guy with claws that's well, just blue and yellow. He doesn't see Wolverine at first. No. He, he just sees the other threats, and then the room fills with smoke because someone cuts open what it says what it is, an energy inverter, yeah. uh, which they, he, someone knifes it open and it starts filling the room with yellow smoke, 
which I guess is uninverted energy. I I guess my question was, is that gonna like hurt people? It doesn't get mentioned because it's a yellow smoke from an energy inverter, and I'm like, is that poisonous? Is is it hot? What's going on? Everyone's super high. <laughs> yeah, at this point, none of this actually takes place. Everyone is just tripping balls. <laughs> it turns out that shit's the Terragen mist, and half of the <laughs> half the crew just turns into stone. <laughs> the, well, yes, half of them are stone, and the other half become what in dracons. <laughs> yeah, the in dracon. <laughs> And uh, one of them becomes a big dog for some reason. <laughs> yeah, the one who was already kind of doggy. Bill, he probably stands with the naming convention of the Inhumans. And his name was like Dogagar Dogagon or something. <laughs> Dogagar Wolfagon. <laughs> you got to be mad when you're an Inhuman and your parents give you a name like that. And you're like, God damn it, don't you know how our comic book works? <laughs> Uh, yes, and you shall be mm, blind to set Noah eyes. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, come on! You fuck! <laughs> I still feel better off than my brother Poopocles. <laughs> uh, yeah, so now there's just sort of a fight in yellow gas where all you can see is just lasers. Mm-hmm. Lasers are going off left and right, and now comes the most egregious thing in the entire chapter as one of the, the dude, like one of the sub guys in charge of the ship gets kicked out of the smoke and uh, as the implementer looks on in fear he sees what does he see john a third figure clad in yellow and blue with a mask covering half his face oh the invader was grinning yeah but he also cuts a dude and that's the part i want i know you really want to talk about yeah there is <laughs> after the he shows up they kind of like scrap and he beats the crap out of some dudes mm-hmm and then it says that uh, one of his other guys stumbles forward with four parallel cuts on his face. That shouldn't bother anybody. I don't see what the problem is. Wolverine's got claws. Wolverine has some number of claws on each hand. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm sure the writer of this was like, what's Wolverine got? Claws out of each knuckle? Sure, let's go with that. It's one knuckle per claw. One claw per knuckle. That's how he works. Now, granted, the cover of the book somehow gets this right. Yeah, it's got him with bone claws and three of them, the correct Wolverine. But in this one, a guy comes, like, falling towards him with four slashes on his face. And I'm like, where did that fourth one come from? But did, did he just, like, in get, get his one claw out on the other hand and be like, all right, I'm going to put my two fists together and then go, rah. <laughs> but, John, let me ask you. You can see the four claws on his face. Can't you agree at this time that Wolverine has four claws? No. There are three claws. <laughs> Couldn't, I mean, you've been through so much recently. Couldn't you just be mistaken in this one instance? And wouldn't it feel so good to end this torture and just admit that Wolverine has four claws? Now, ah, three claws! <laughs> so that's what's happening. Uh yeah, and this really, I mean, I saw it immediately, and my favorite thing, because we were reading the book at the same time, when I saw it, I knew that it was going to piss John off. Yeah, there was a moment where I was reading here, and I just went, ugh, <laughs> damn it. And I was like, oh, is it the three claws thing? <laughs> this book? <laughs> so, uh, that's just some nerd rage. Just just made me real nerd angry. It was uh, X-23 showed up with both hands. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And she was very good at doing parallel cuts. <laughs> uh, or it was just some alternate universe Wolverine who has four claws. Yeah, not this one. Not the one on the cover. A different Wolverine. Well, also in the ship now. Yeah. Don't worry about it. His, his time hook. Troy got... went down to the planet's surface with Colossus and Wolverine and Wolverine. <laughs> what is this, Marvel versus Capcom 2? <laughs> well, yeah. Took bone claws and adamantium claws. <laughs> yeah. And one-handed Age of Apocalypse Wolverine. There you go. It's yeah. Wolverine team. <laughs> uh, and uh, Wolverine, of course, turns to Isadjo and is like, I bet you're the creepy crawler in charge. Yeah, that's right. You've upgraded from bozo to creepy crawler. <laughs> creepy crawler. Uh, but he, but Isadjo's like backing away from him. He's like, yeah, you're definitely the one in charge. You're the biggest, fattest, greenest one. 
And then I said, Joe's like, all right, well, fuck you and shoots him with a disruptor. Mm -hmm. And he's like, ah, that ought to teach that menace not to underestimate the Dracon as Wolverine flies out of the mist, kicking him in the face. <laughs> oh, damn. He regenerates. <laughs> oh, he, he even regenerates from disruptor hits, which is surprising. Yeah, I mean, all it does is just sort of destroy some of his It messes cells. up his molecules real good. Yeah. And then he just comes flying out and kicks him in the face. He made a mistake here. As the biggest, fattest, greenest X-Men of the uh, uh, enemy of the X-Men, what he should have done is sent out Mojo and Spiral to kill, or he would be Mojo in that situation. Yes. Damn it, my joke. Uh, I stepped on my own joke. Also, Mojo's yellow, not green. Oh, whatever. He's somewhere in there. Uh, he's he's kind of a yellow green. He's it's... pretty much just yellow. <laughs> he's like a sea foam. <laughs> That's not even remotely accurate. I know. But he does have four claws. <laughs> does Mojo. Mojo, famous for his four claws. Yeah. Now, we go back to Picard eyeing the Conharakt, and uh, Onizuka is currently boarding, mm -hmm. while the Voltaire just hails them and is like, Hey, anything I can do to help? I'm Worf. Can I also do combat? <laughs> I'm Worf. Can I get involved? And Picard's just like, nah. no. <laughs> this is what you get for going to Deep Space Nine, Dorn. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I can help. My, my shuttle is uninjured. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> Why don't you stay out there and practice with your mech leth, loser? <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't even let Wolverine go with your team. <laughs> Rager, set phasers to laugh. <laughs> Target the Voltaire. <laughs> ah, we've been lambasted. <laughs> oh, man, setting phasers to lambast would be great. Ugh. So, yeah, they're, they're like, no, you can't do anything because Troy and Squad are over on there. So if we blow up the Conorock, it'll kill them. All we can do now is wait. Yeah, and sadly, that means whatever cool X-Men are hanging out with Worf on that ship don't get... I assume Nightcrawler. And Banshee. And Banshee. Don't get to do anything either. Yeah. So, uh, so many of the X-Men in this book never really get to do anything. Nope. <laughs> Shadowcat, she trips a guy. Yeah, Shadowcat got barely business and then was like, ha ha, so far all I have done is ruin your holodeck and trip a guy. That's me, important X-Man. <sighs> All right, so yeah, Worf, <laughs> Worf just gets shut down. That was one of my favorite parts. No. Captain, I can offer assistance. Negative. No. <laughs> go home. <laughs> go back to DS9, you fart demon. Maybe go see if Miles O'Brien needs help, traitors. <laughs> uh, and then they get uh, a message from the Conharakt. Mm-hmm. And putting it on screen, it is Troy. And they're like, hey, we took over the Conrock. We beat up the bridge crew and no one else bothered to show up. <laughs> they were like, ah, I guess that's uh, Everyone fine. else probably went to voluntary self-recycling or whatever. <laughs> they were like, Wasted oh, plot point this book introduced earlier. Oh, no, someone boarded us and I didn't stop them. Guess it's time to self-recycle. Guess I'll die. <laughs> I guess you'd call it suicide. <laughs> well, at least that's painless. Okay, so uh, so, so yeah. many different songs. Yeah, and Troy's like, uh, so apparently we just sort of took them over. Yeah, Wolverine was particularly effective, Captain. Yeah, he was very persuasive. Oh, how droll! <laughs> yes, I'm sure his eight claws came in especially handy in this situation, <laughs> as we all know Wolverine has. <laughs> That's right, sir. Three on one hand, five on the other. <laughs> that is correct. That's Wolverine. That's a Wolverine for you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Now, I I mean, the next chapter, we don't resolve it really either. What's going on? I mean, I mean, at some point, we have to go visit the holodeck. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, all right, we took over the bridge of the Conharakt, but what are you doing about the crew? Oh, yeah. No, I think they're going to probably beam over. I mean, they already have five security officers on board who Picard offhandedly thought might be dead. Uh, but I'm sure they could just send more over to kind of round them up and be like, hey, at this point, we're, you're our prisoners. We'll start shooting you if you don't just do what we want. Everyone get in your own brig or whatever and sit in there. 
How big do you think the brig is on the Conhorokt? Because given that they're one of those races that's like, oh, uh, we don't take prisoners, and if we fuck up, we just kill ourselves. I think there's actually what they're going to do is put them in the holding cells where they were playing to put the transformed. Yeah. There you go. That's the, probably the biggest empty space on this ship. Or maybe they'll put them in the cargo hold. Oh, yeah. They could just put Captain Isagio in the cargo hold. Yeah. No and- disintegrations. <laughs> Uh, what if this doesn't work? He's worth a lot to me. And that's Boba Fett. Boba Fett. So, uh, so now we, at this point, a new ship has shown up as well. But before we do that, let's do the holodeck stuff. Fine. Picard goes to the holodeck to talk to Xavier because that's the moment that I think this writer was hoping, like, thought everyone was going to be hoping for because they're like you get it because they're both bald dudes because they're both patrick stewart (laughs) well yeah but this book was written in like 98 or something the patrick stewart movie wasn't happening for another two or three years yeah but everyone was like he's xavier i mean yeah it was more or less regarded as the perfect piece of casting yeah and and at this point probably the best thing about the 2000 x-men film yes uh yeah it's just very smart casting between him and ian mckellen yeah uh but at this time, they were, they were still like Wizard Magazine being like, you know who should play Wolverine? Glenn Danzig. <laughs> you know who should be Colossus? Schwarzenegger, obviously. Duh. He's big and muscly. <laughs> or if you want someone slightly russian ear, how about Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> uh, I believe he's from like the Netherlands or something. Eh, you yeah, shut up on Wizard Magazine. Someone saw Rocky Three Or four, whichever one that is. Four. Whichever one. It's four. Three is the one where he fights Thunderlips. <laughs> Mr. T. <laughs> I'm afraid not, sir. Thunderlips is Hulk Hogan. No, Mr. T, though. Oh, he also fights Mr. T. That is correct, yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, he goes to visit himself on the... Or not himself. He goes to visit... Yeah, he per- visits himself. <laughs> he goes to really have a moment with himself, really visit himself in the holodeck, if you just, know what I mean. He just spend a little time in there. This guy's about to jack off. <laughs> he's he's disarming his missile, if you... <laughs> Uh, so he shows up, and there's, of course, an entire thing where Picard's like, oh, I can see now, yes, we do look similar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he launches him into it. The first thing that uh, Professor X says on seeing Captain Picard is, mon semblable, mon frere, which is like the last line from an old Wordsworth poem or something. Uh, it's, uh, what's his name? Oh, T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot. Yeah, yeah it's, t- it's, it's the last line from a T.S. Eliot poem, which I think is supposed to be cute, because... I think the writer was like, oh, because they kind of look alike. And he was like, wow, my my brother and my friend. Hmm? But then again, that poem, that particular poem to the readers is, I I, I feel like it might be a misquote. Because it really is at the end. It's like the whole quote poem is like, hey, did you know that every night when we go to sleep, we're big pieces of shit and demons dance in our heads and we're worse than jackals and serpents and monkeys and apes and turkeys and lizards and and fowl. And also... Uh, the only thing worse than all that shit that's already bad about us is ennui. The worst thing. Isn't that right, you hypocrite? You reader? My friend? It's like, <laughs> like wow, you should have used that. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, saying that, if Anne Picard does know the quote, uh-huh. at that he'd be like, whoa, hey. Whoa, that's a little dark. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, a little dickish. <laughs> you just saying I'm a bad person? What's going on quote Allegheny at me next, you asshole? What the fuck? <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be cool. Oh, no, I've never been cool, says Uh, Professor X. (laughs) I don't think you understand. I'm always an asshole. I'm the worst X-Man. Intel Quentin Choir. (laughs) True. Uh, And then they they just have the worst back oh my and forth. god it's like reading fucking pride and prejudice these two oh well it pleases me that elliot has survived to your 24th century oh yes a great many others indeed hmm ah yes i'm told that you are hmm, highly spoken of <laughs> oh yes your your ex-men speak of you in most reverent and prosaic of terms even ones that you would not normally assume would be like that oh yes i know who you're talking about i, you, I know the one you mean <laughs> yes <laughs> I hope you lambasted him, that bozo. (laughs) (laughs) Thing is, I couldn't tell if he meant Wolverine or Archangel in that moment when he was like, oh yeah, someone talks about you in reverent tones and they normally wouldn't do that. I'm like, that's a couple people. Yeah, here's the the part where it starts getting rough. Your X-Men are my guests at the moment. In fact, they proved helpful when complications arose in our dealings with the Jaldians. I am quite pleased with them. 
And they with you. In fact, that was what spurred me to speak with you. Not one of them has missed an opportunity to refer to you in the most glowing and reverent terms, even when the individual in question may not be reverent by nature. What news of the London season? Oh, Mr. Darcy! <laughs> oh, the oolong tea? It's a bit of frippery I picked up in my time in, in, uh, in the Orient. Oh, I prefer Earl Grey. <laughs> It's so, yeah, you're right. It's completely Mr. Darcy stuff. It's just, oh, oh, it cannot have been easy. Oh, no more difficult, I imagine, than commanding a starship. Touche. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, at which point is one of you going to be finished and roll over and start snoring? This is the worst. The, <laughs> the worst bit for me is at the end here when Xavier, the hologram, is like, oh, well, once we're done here, of course, my persona shall be in your holodeck computer yes please feel free to visit me at any time please feel free to visit with my persona whenever it pleases you and i'm just going why is why is picard thanking a construct from the computer Mm -hmm. like what is what is that doing for you exactly like you'd think you'd go up to i don't know storm who you have a crush on and be like hey when you get back you should thank Xavier for me because he did a great job with you guys. But instead, he's like, "I'm going to heap some praise on some photons." I assume and leave. I assume it's just common to do that with the. You just pretend the holodeck's real while you're in there. It's just, it's just what you do. Yeah, but he went in there with the express purpose of complimenting a hologram. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. He may his, as well have just his whole like, goal was to go in there and be like, "Ah, thank you, you computer program that did a thing it's supposed to." Yeah, I mean, he may as well just been like, "Computer, thanks." <laughs> uh, except that the computer. I mean, ultimately, what he really is is like, "Computer, thank you for replicating a pretentious fop." <laughs> I love talking with those. Ah. <laughs> uh. And we're not even quite done yet. So this whole conversation happens, and then we end up on, I don't, are we on Jaldia or a Starbase? Uh, we get the Captain's Log supplemental. Oh, right. We get a whole supplemental, which this time is done in italics. We get, this is the third time we've done a Captain's Log in this book, and each one of them has been portrayed in a different fashion. This one has the arrival of Captain Stanley and the Venture, mm-hmm. and they are going to, they volunteer to tow the Conorok to Deep Space 7. I still don't know what they did with the crew, because you'd think the crew of the Conorok would be like, oh, we are constantly attempting to take back our ship. I, I What I'm missing here is the part where Picard visits da- or put, turns on uh, Stanley on the holodeck and immediately goes, Livingston, I presume, and he's just like, oh, fucking goddammit, please stop. Please, no. No. Not every captain in this, in this stupid fleet is like you, dickhead. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You're going in a different column. <laughs> oh, you're in the worst column. <laughs> People I admire too much. <laughs> uh, and then we also get the thing where it says, oh, I, uh, I think Dr. Crusher has made a breakthrough on the whole transformed cure. Yeah. But we, I mean, you read the next chapter too, right? Or, or are you done? No, this is the last chapter. Oh, there I is a, there's a whole thing, like the, a speech being delivered to the... Oh, uh, there is. That's okay. still part of this chapter. Okay, great. Then we're still going. All right. I was worried that, that I had read too far ahead. No, no. This chapter is just one of the very few in this book that goes on. Yeah. Th- like, for example, chapter 30, which was just Archangel Fingers just, the Missile. Yeah. That was like three pages. Yeah. It was very quick and... And, his, and dirty. And, yeah. His fingering of the missile. Uh, okay. So at this point, we're going to wherever the shit this is. I think it's on the deck of a ship or something. Uh, no, this is on, uh, I think it's in Verdeen. Oh, it's in Verdeen? Okay. Uh, and it's time for a big presentation that all of the Transformed have been invited to, and a lot of Enterprise crew and presumably Venture crew are are, uh, prominent here as well. I mean, the only ones they mention are Crusher and Lieutenant Sovar, Mm -hmm. but Chancellor Ramon comes out. You know Riker's definitely there, right? I mean, he's going to try and hit on some Verdeen woman. Obviously. Yeah. In the background somewhere. <laughs> so, how long have you been Jaldian? <laughs> uh, I, I, I was... Jaldian the butt, am I right? <laughs> no, that's horrible. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll see you later. I'll wear you down. <laughs> uh, How's your planet set for gargoyles? <laughs> Uh, so Chancellor Ramon comes out and he just kind of like 
shuffles up to the podium and is obviously uncomfortable. Which makes perfect sense, because ultimately this is done in town hall format, which means he has to respond to everyone who yells anything at him throughout the course of his speech. Well, yeah, he is in some auditorium, and in front of him are a lot of the Transformed. Now, Mm -hmm. there are plenty that are off... Uh, like in other cities because they managed to escape from the Dracon. There are... There's probably some that are still just in hiding. There's Rahatan and a couple people that are actually in custody. Mm-hmm. And then, but of they've course, been allowed to attend. There's the uh, the crazy guy, the fire frog, yeah. who's also watching. Tessa Moline or something like that. Uh, he is also just allowed to be in here. No big deal. No, he's not there. All of them are watching from screens. Ah, okay, they're watching from screens. Very good. So, uh... The, what is he doing? Oh, yeah, he has to ask forgiveness. He's like, yeah. I apologize that I took all your freedoms away. First of all, I'm My sorry. Bad. I don't think you'll even accept this apology, but let me begin by saying, first of all, I'm very sorry. No, and, fuck you. And then someone in the audience is going to be like, we do not accept your apology. What of that? Huh? And, he, and he's like, I already said I didn't think you would. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I'm just doing it because I think you deserve an apology. It's that that's That's why that happened. Yeah, but you're an asshole. Yeah, mm, no, yes. I am. You're right. Yeah, this is conducive to good speech giving. I get maybe honestly, I shouldn't be doing this. One of you guys should be doing this. Yeah, but eventually he's like, "Look, I got so wrapped up in the fear of protecting my people that I stripped your rights away. That was wrong. I've learned my lesson. I am sorry. Now, mom, can I please play Nintendo again?" Yeah. And the response comes from Corba and the and the the chapter goes into detail to let us know that Arid and Corba are definitely an item now. Yeah. Uh, Corba's the fast one, and they're, they've been looking at each other with unreserved uh, attraction in their eyes. Mm. And uh, she responds with, is that the only reason you called us here? What the hell did you even want if you were just going to call us here to apologize or something like that? You know, some yeah. some fast thing. And, you know, Amon is like, the fuck did you just say? Mm. Oh, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, now I asked you here for an important reason, not just the apology that I'm giving. Mm. Uh, Dr. Crusher, uh, if you would... Please take the stage. And Crusher's just like, yo, I got a cure. If y'all want to not be transformed anymore, I can do that. There might be some side effects, but they will be minor and uh, go away. Also, the whole thing is that it's completely permanent. I can never give you your powers back ever again. Yeah. If you take this, it is irreversible. You will become normal again and mm-hmm. not be a transformed. And you can never be transformed. Yeah. Maybe you can be a beacon or or uh, or, or the bull, but you'll but never again can you be a transformed. You have to you, a Janus, sure. The doomed, no problem. <laughs> All of these normal, fine things you could be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now most people give a cheer and they're very happy because you know a lot of them are just like, great. I'll I'm gonna go back to what I was doing and not be a giant bug man or whatever. Yeah, but. Uh, Lieutenant Sovar notes that, ooh, Arid and Corba, they aren't cheering. In fact, they look as if they have already lost something precious. Mm-hmm. And it was their virginities. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't wait till marriage. They've lost something precious, and they'll never be able to get it back. Hi, kids. <laughs> Welcome to this Halloween attraction I've put together. It's called a Hell House. <laughs> Here in the Hell House, you'll find out that Going to hell? It's easier than you think. Mm-hmm. But there's a path out if you'll follow me. Now, here's a spooky abortionist. <laughs> ah, abortion. Uh, I pulled a giant baby out of this lady, and now I'm putting it in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you think abortion works. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> So then we get Sovar just sort of thinking about it, and he's like, that's weird, because, you know, when I saw Arid on the streets, he was miserable visibly in pain is the problem with Arid. the problem is like the the powers he has has come at the cost of being lumpy and and uncomfortable yeah like he is just physically in pain it's hard for him to walk around yeah he's basically got lasers and tumors is what his mutant power is yeah it's not it's not he's basically the john merrick of mute of cyclopses like you'd think if you were, like, the lady who had the uh, illusion powers or mm-hmm. the force field lady, you'd be like, oh, sure, I didn't change it all physically, and I've got a rad power? Nah, cool, I'll just stay this way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially anyone whose powers are conducive to heists. 
<laughs> anyone whose powers are conducive to heists. That's that's because that's whenever I fantasize about having superpowers, they're all heist related. <laughs> all of them. I, I just want to do goddamn heists. It's my only life's dream. That's why the worst power to get is Shadow Cats, because you're like, this isn't even a heist. I just walk oh, no, in there and grab stuff and walk out. That's again. cheating. It's 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 kind of yeah. You're right. It's completely unfair, and it, it makes the uh, the the fantasies not fun. Yeah. It's basically. You have to pick a power where you could come up with a way to use it at a cool heist, but it wouldn't just do the whole heist. Yeah. Like, for example, you also couldn't have the purple man's powers if you were just like, hey, man, give me all your money. Okay. All right. That sounds great. That sounds very reasonable. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's looking over there, and he thinks about that. He's like, I don't know why Arid would want to keep this, but you know what? I was about to head over there and talk to him, but I won't. I'm going to let him make his own decisions. Because mm. I remember when I left for Starfleet, he was all super pissed off at me, and no one appreciated me or respected my decision. So now I'm going to be, and that way I can lord it over him at the next Jaldian Thanksgiving. <laughs> when we get together next, I'll be like, remember how I respected your decision and you didn't respect mine, and I'm the bigger man? <laughs> Fuck you. Plus, I'm not covered in painful purple lumps. Huh? Ah. You remember that? You're about to be. <laughs> <laughs> Lasers. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he smiles at his brother and heads over there and he's like, I'm not going to try and convince him to do anything. Yeah, and that's, but, but the then that. he sees his brother looking at him through the crowd and is like, oh, he wants my opinion. I should go there. And that's when the chapter comes to an end. Yeah. So that's it. We've mm -hmm. got one more episode left in us. Yeah. We got a couple chapters and an epilogue. I assume most of the chapters coming up are how they get the X-Men home. Yes. That's you would the, assume it's that. It's the only thing that's left. It's not like we're going to have a... I, we might get a sudden last-ditch mutant power display from Rahatan, but I really doubt it. No. Given that we have two short chapters and an epilogue, mm -hmm. my assumption is... The last two chapters are them getting home, and then the epilogue is either them talking to Xavier back on Earth, or the crew going on their way to like, oh, and Playing now poker we'll, or some shit. we'll head back to whatever dumb meeting we were going to. And we, they need to wrap it up by having a pithy conversation that ends in a laugh because Data said something stupid. <laughs> That's that, that, that could be the epilogue. And then freeze frame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, uh, Captain, I guess the lesson we learned along the way is that I'm a robot. Dun, 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 everyone's like, oh, Data, you always say you're a robot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, uh, we're close to wrapping up. Now, of course, that means the episode after the final episode, we are going to do our normal wrap-up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and luckily this actually coincides nicely with an impending uh, winter vacation. Yeah. Uh, we're so, probably going to take a week off in here. Yeah, uh, the week after the uh, wrap-up episode is, go like, this would come out on Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. so I think that week we'll just take off. Yeah. So that way there'll be just a little break in between the books. Yep, absolutely, and then we'll be right back. We've already picked the next book. We'll be ready to tell you all about it. That's what the wrap-up episode is for, in addition to questions from listeners. Yeah. Uh, just think of them now, anything you want to know or you thought was weird just comments yep and uh we need a hashtag that people can use so we'll be able to search those questions because they'll be asking them in probably the expounded universe thread in our discord so john what hashtag should they use it should be a short simple pithy hashtag uh, hashtag planet x okay hashtag planet x if you have a question you want to ask us about star trek or x-men or the process by which we make these shows or any other goddamn thing uh and you're going to be around for that wrap-up episode now you know how to get them to us yep so we will do that in a couple weeks. Uh, we will be back, of course, in one more week for the finale of this. Mm -hmm. The last, yeah, well, that's coming up real soon. So uh, be be hyped about that. Get hype! And if you can't wait that long for more Star Trek X Men content, go to Disney Plus. I think they have all the new the old X Men shows on there. Yeah, or go to CBS All Access. They have all the Star Trek stuff. Or go to our Patreon. <laughs> our Patreon dot com slash system mastery mm -hmm. where at the two dollar level you will unlock bonus content for expounded universe where we go to wikipedia sometimes nowadays we go to other websites worse websites and we <laughs> and we dig up the best stories we can find about x-men or star trek to tell each other and to tell to you they're fun episodes we find some incredibly wild stuff they're fun episodes we've learned Brent. for example that both mickey mouse and santa claus are technically star wars canon yeah uh there's 
a lot of things to be learned about Star Trek and about X-Men, and we're doing it right we're, to the very end. We're doing it, and doing it well. That's right, and we're doing it for ourselves. <laughs> and if you want to be a part of that, that's SystemMastery.com for the regular shows. And Patreon.com slash SystemMastery. Also, it's SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Yeah, SystemMastery.com is currently a camped like, web address for... That we can't like, get because like someone HostGator. wants to sell it for like $8,000 Yeah, or HostGator's got it on sale because of us for like $8,000. Because when we, we tried to start the show, it existed, but it belonged to some Yahoo selling like self-help books or something. And now, I guess they're just like, ooh, we're going to wait until this company that we think exists wants this. And we're like, nah. Yeah, because it gets Googled a lot. And it, yeah, it sure does, but not by people who have any money, let me assure you. <laughs> <laughs> I might throw $200 at it if they were willing to drop that price a little, but right now it's well over several thousand. Yeah, nah. I, I ain't about that life. That's not. We don't have that kind of money. L- listen, host Gator. Nah. <laughs> Let's work together here. <laughs> help me. No help one. You. There's not a rich person out there who's going to buy our website out from under us. <laughs> Just let us have it. Uh. Systemmasterypodcast.com for the shows. Patreon.com slash systemmastery for the support. And otherwise, I'm the best there is at what I do. <laughs> and I use four claws to do it. 